You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just 2 bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 351. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. How's it going, bud? Oh, it's going crazy. <laughs> it's going crazy. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> I am, however, counting down the days to Game of Thrones. It's been like a year and a half. It's about time, and I'm excited. It's going to be bittersweet, though. I know. Well, they're going to announce the new series this summer, too, so it'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, when is it? When is it the start date though? April fourteenth. No, all right. And it's, and it's going to be a busy weekend for me too because April thirteenth is the first Ohio State football game. It's the spring game of the season, and then the <laughs> next day. So, I, I, I'm making sure my calendar is totally clear on those two days. <laughs> busy day, as in what are you going to do? Sit in front of the TV? Yeah, no, I got tickets to the football game. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. A bit of a drive too, I guess, from where you are. No, so. no it's only about an hour now. Maybe it's too longer. Jeez. All right. Well, uh, there is a lot to talk about today. Uh, I would say that it's there's a, there's a little blend of some higher level SEO discussion today, but uh, we'll try and keep it as as straightforward as possible, as always. I will be breaking in a lot of times. Say, Ross, what does that actually mean? <laughs> or you'll just answer it yourself. Well, um, maybe, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> if I ask you, that gives me an opportunity to tease you. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. So uh, the first one here is, I love these. These are. This is from Search Engine Land. 
it's also posted on Search Engine Roundtable. And it's yet another update on Google. It is considered a core update though, so it's not something too airy-fairy. However, the responses as usual from Google are. So, um, essentially, <laughs> they said nothing. Airy-fairy. <laughs> yeah, airy-fairy. See, I don't um, even have to ask you questions to tease you now. <laughs> 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 well, number one, well, well, okay, we're gonna learn a few things that that the uh, update is not. <laughs> but the only thing you end up getting from them, it wasn't a penguin update because we no longer have those. <laughs> well, okay. so why don't they have updates on penguin? I don't know. They just don't because call it penguin it, update anymore. Well, it's a, it's penguin is now a rolling update, so they don't. There's not a. Oh, we, okay. You're asking a question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. a question so we can answer it for people. So okay. Penguin is now a rolling update, which means they, they it's continually tweaked all the time. So it's always getting updated. So there's no Penguin updates where they just make a big change. It happens on an incremental basis over time. So there's no just like, hey, they updated Penguin. They do it every day. There you go. All right. Um, the update wasn't the biggest update, but bigger than others. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah, there we go. So that's that. That means it was bigger than the smallest they've ever done, but not as big as the biggest they've ever done. Bigger than their average is, I guess, what we can gather here. So it was significant, but not the biggest. Okay. It's all about size, apparently. Okay, number three. <laughs> Come on. No, uh, I was just waiting for the number no, three. No. I'm letting you go. <laughs> Keep rolling. Uh, it, number three, it's not related to neural matching. Now, I'll just quote here. Neural matching has been part of our core ranking system for over half a year. None of the core updates we have confirmed coincided with some no, new use of neural matching. Unquote. So, so I, I think the reason they've specifically said this, because there has been tons and tons of speculation <laughs> about what this core update really is. is. You know, there's speculation about Penguin, there's speculation about the neural matching thing. There's, there's all kinds, nobody really knows yet or, or has really have a really good answer to mm -hmm. what it is. So that people are throwing out all these things. I think this is Google saying, this one's wrong, this one's wrong. Um, this one might be right, but not really <laughs> bigger. It's more of a response to what people are writing about this, I think, than anything. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I think it's more interesting to see what people have experienced um, with these updates, um, and and to see, you know, if there was a business that specifically and only took each update and then pulled a huge number of people. Um, I don't know how they do this, but anyway, huge number of people to compare how these were affected. Like they'd have to get a good segment of different types of websites in different marketplaces using different tactics. Right. And then just see which ones were affected and how, and then even charge the monthly, or because it is practically monthly, monthly fee for any of these significant updates. It might be interesting to see what happens there, but Google's really not telling us much anymore. I mean, not that I, they really ever did, but. I think the biggest confusion about this update so far was the original name. Right, because when it first hit, I think it was March twelfth or thirteenth, um, everybody started calling it Florida Two, right? And that's and 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 people were like tying it back to all the changes that happened in the original Florida update, which was what was that like ten years ago? Dramatic. Yeah, and it was two thousand eight, I think. 
yeah, so it was 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, and the, but the, it has absolutely nothing to do with that update. The only reason it was called Florida 2 is because it happened the week after PubCon in Florida, which is the original one happened a week after PubCon in Florida. Um, so they started calling it the Florida update because it was tied into timing around PubCon. This one, I think the, the other dimension to that was that it had caused quite a bit of havoc for quite a few people. No, it was very specifically called up. The only reason Brett Tabaki, I can never say his last name. The Tab. guy who runs Tabaki. Well, how is, is it? it? Just Tabk? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, it, I have no idea. What, the guy who runs PubCon. Yeah, uh, Brett. Brett. <laughs> he came out and said the reason he called it Florida 2 is because it came out a week after PubCon. He's the okay. one that started Florida 2. He's the one that named Florida 2, actually. Right? So that was very specifically why he called it Florida 2. All right, there you go. But Google actually came out, and this is this was kind of interesting to me. Google came out and renamed it because the original Florida update had such a bad, bad taste, such a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Um, it was a lot of bad press from the SEO and marketing world towards Google that they didn't want it associated with Florida at all. So they actually came out and renamed it the March 2019 core update, so that people <laughs> stop calling it Florida too. Legendary update. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Florida. Anyway, um, and for those who don't know, the reason why it was legendary was because Google launched a significant, and I mean brain-bashing update to rankings just before Christmas. It was, a month, it was November, I believe. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think you're right, November. And it yeah. didn't give anyone any chance to respond. People lost their shirts. Businesses. I mean, well, yeah, it was, yeah. It was horrible. It was devastating, and and then since then they'd started doing the Google dances. I believe after that, yeah. um, and yeah. that's true. They did, didn't they? Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> we, we'll throw a party for you if you forgive us. <laughs> well, and the Google dance updates. You know, it was yeah. more about like it's dancing, it's dancing. Anyway, yeah. all those were fun times. Anyway. Uh, it, it has they've been very shy about major updates like that thank goodness are you that. are you personally leaning towards anything tied to this this current march 2019 core update as far as what it's impacting or what happened no yeah me either i've seen i haven't seen any real movement in any of the clients that we deal with um of course i didn't a lot of some people are saying it's kind of a reversal of the august of last year exactly update. some of the pieces of that have been kind of flipped back but but i didn't see any climate movement in august either so i probably wouldn't have infected my clients yeah. it's funny you know you and i never really see any impact uh, yeah. i guess just because we're using pretty safe techniques i don't know it, that, that would be my guess if you, do, if you do it right these things are not going to hurt you no and mark and the markets we don't do affiliate marketing I imagine they get pummeled from this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Affiliate marketing is, is really tough when it comes to this stuff, but it, but there's there's a higher percentage of people in affiliate marketing doing the the, the, the shady stuff. So I, I don't think it's just because they're affiliate marketers. I think it's because there's a higher percentage of people yeah. in that space that, that do that shady stuff. True. Okay, so... Uh, the next bit here kind of ties into what we just talked about, and that's neuromatching. Um, I wanted to, uh, and, and it's good timing. Perhaps Barry decided this needed to be written after Google discussed it, uh, but he wrote an article on Search Engine Land, Google's neuromatching versus rank brain, how Google uses each in search. And I think he encapsulated the answer very well in his subtitle, which is, uh, quote, neuromatching helps Google better relate words to searches. 
while RankBrain helps Google better relate pages to concepts, unquote. So let's just do a quick example here. And thanks to Danny Sullivan for posting um, a, a screenshot of some examples of neural matching. It's, it's like understanding synonyms or what they call a super synonym. Um, Google needs to understand what your intent of your search is. So they're using neural matching to try and understand perhaps more complicated questions that may not be asking what you directly appear to be asking. For example, how to change brightness on a laptop? Well, if you think of it from a robot's point of view, how to change brightness? What is change brightness? Are you changing a bulb? <laughs> they, they wouldn't really understand. Well, then it shows what neural matching is connected to it, and that is adjust. So they're changing change to adjust, how to adjust brightness on a laptop. And then they understand what, what result to deliver. Next one is how do I change a PDF into a Word document? Well, they now understand that that means convert. And it goes, so, it's kind of some good examples. So how does this relate to semantic language? Because there's, there's, there's been so much discussion. And if David Harry was here, he would shoot me for even asking this mm -hmm. about, about LSI, right? And, and how LSI ties into Google understanding the query, right? And it, what you just described can also be an example of LSI. So what's the difference, I think, between LSI and neural match? I'm gonna let you answer that because I don't even pay attention to that stuff now. I I'm just focus on this question because I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. why they're, they're they're different? Because I know I read about LSI, but I just completely desist, so, dismissed it. So, so LSI, I know we're getting into the higher LSI stands for latent semantic indexing, mm -hmm. and semantic language is has always been part of what Google does, and I think it's like the indexing piece and the and the latent piece that really aggravate David Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but the semantics makes sense because Google has to understand how words are used and how they relate and why one word means one thing in one sense and the same word means something completely different. Yeah, that's, that's parts established. It's a semantic yeah. search engine. Yes. Right. So how does, I guess maybe the, it's the neural matching is what makes the semantic relationships happen. Yeah, and, and, and I guess I see what your point is. Now, I see your point is now. So it's, it's more like this is almost a latent indexing, except it's not indexing. Right. It's latent understanding. Yeah. Um, because they are doing it later, we presume, um, with neural matching. Um, it's not on the fly. Um, but then again, who knows? <laughs> just, there's such a level of processing power that I can't even fathom it. I, I don't know how much they can do. Well, they're about to lose a lot of their processing power because they're going to give it over to their new game system. <laughs> I think they can afford to buy just no, more more they probably could processing buy some more computers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, to quote Danny Sullivan, in the last few months, Google has been using neural matching. That's AI method to better connect words to concepts. Super synonyms in a way and impacting 30% of queries. Don't know what soap opera effect is to search for it? We can better figure it out. And he gives an example. Um, so if someone types in, why does my TV look strange? Google presumes now using neural matching that you're asking about the soap opera effect. So that's the example they provide. What is the soap opera effect? Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, the, the nerds over there must just go crazy 
<laughs> it's just so much fun trying to program an artificial intelligence to understand this stuff. Oh yeah. And then rank brain is different. How's it different? Yeah. So this part, essentially it's relating pages. So not just a search. They're trying to relate pages to concepts. So they're, I would say it's the other side of the coin. Um, I'm hoping I'm not getting it wrong because I have gotten the stuff confused at times. But on the other side of the coin, it's you know not just the search, but relating a page to um, what if, if it indexes a page, what is the page about? And then they can attach synonyms to that. Um, what should it be found for? Um, and that, and rank brain is used heavily um, within, I believe, the the rolling work they're doing now. So it's it is a a core component of their algorithm. So the Cliff Notes version, and correct me if you think I'm wrong here, the the neural matching is how they understand the the what the query really is. Yeah. Rank brain is how they understand what the page really is. And mm-hmm. then those two, I don't know if they communicate, but via those two different understandings, they're better able to match those up with us when someone searches. That is, a, I understand it. Yes. Um, uh, I'll quote here uh, again, the difference between, okay. So first Google said a good way to think about rank brain is an AI based system. It began using in 2016, primarily to understand how words are related to concepts. <laughs> I don't think this does help. Well, that's, that's neural matching. That's how they describe neural matching. Yeah. So it's like a super synonym system. Synonyms are words that are closely related to other words. Why are they? Okay. This is actually made okay. it worse. They also gave us a description of rank brain down later in the, in the article. It says, Google said it's a good way to think about rank brain. It's, it's an AI based system. And they began using again in 2016, primarily to understand how words are related and correlate. It's like the super synonym system. Synonyms are words that are closely related to other words, right? So rank brain, again, is understanding the content on a page where, neuro, you know, and, to concepts. and then yeah. neural matching is understanding the, the concept behind a search query itself, the question. So if we put it in simple terms, neural matching is an AI that analyzes the question and rank brain is an AI that analyzes all the possible answers and helps pick the best ones. Yeah. Well, I hope we didn't confuse everyone because it's even hard to describe because <laughs> it is actually, very small. Actually, this is a really good topic to have David come on the show because he's really, really versed in rank brain as well. Oh, he, yeah. And, and he'll have awesome rants. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> we you know what? we should do that. We should do a follow up and have him on and talk to us about that. That'd be great. And the poor guy's all laid up. If he's, Oh, it'd be even better if he's drugged up. It'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> he hurt his leg, so he's on some pretty good drugs. Now, that would make gonna, we'll have to get the, the get the uh, the hot button to beep out some of this. Oh, God, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, we wouldn't have much of a filter on him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dave, I love you. Okay. Um, and this is David Harry we're speaking of, the gypsy. Great guy. Always knows his stuff and is always great to have on the show. So hopefully we'll have him on next. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about our Facebook group. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere okay class take your seats and no talking recess is over and seo 101 is back in session only on webmasterradio.fm Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So our Facebook group is now 61 members strong. These are all people who have requested access, answered the correct, or made the correct answer, I believe, almost all of them, as to how we end our show. Actually, all the ones that I've been approving, like maybe... Most of them don't even answer that question. <laughs> oh, really? All the ones I have had. Oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few. I, I've seen a few get it wrong, and I'm like, do I want to approve them if they don't listen? <laughs> but yes, of course, I approved you. Yes. Because so. we assume you will at some point. Hint, hint. Yes. Because you are listening to it but, now. But one of the things we have is getting on that group is questions from you guys. So you can absolutely. Yes. You know, ask us questions for the show or just to discuss there um, in the group as well. Um, and we, I just logged in today and saw we have badges now that members can earn just automatically appeared somehow. Yeah, um, I enabled those. Did you? Okay. So they automatically appeared when Ross enabled them. Uh, 
<laughs> See, we answered the somehow question on this show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so it's, I don't know whether it's going to be worthwhile, but it seemed like it would be kind of fun. So you, you earn levels as you engage with the group. Um, so questions like, uh, one I wanted to give you an example of is, uh, the question I asked is, who uh, who would you guys like to have us on the show? Uh, the first one has been Cirrus Shepard from Moz. Um, and I believe he's he was the boss we were trying to think of last week, or the oh, week before, of, of Pete. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, anyway. Uh, I'm going to have to go in and answer David Harry now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, because he asked to? No, because we were talking about getting him on the show just a little bit ago. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Put David there. So, um, yeah, we'd, we'd love to know who you'd like us to have on. Maybe there's some people we don't know about. Um, uh, it would be great. Now, uh, of course, you have to be part of the group to do that. And we do ask that if you're part of it, uh, to just try and engage you know uh it, it'd be it's this is going to be a fun group i think we're, we're going to make it that much more stronger than than uh, the community that google plus was uh just because i think it's a little easier to be personal on this um because we know you're actually engaged if you're a member um and we won't have as much spam which is so exciting yes absolutely hey. All right. Uh, the next up here, SMX Overtime, the new realities of local search. So this was written by uh, Damien Rollison. hope I got that right, Damien. Uh, he's over at uh, Search Engine Land, and he was on the panel at SMX on local at SMX West. And I haven't been doing one of those in years. Holy cow. Um, Me either. I need to go, go back. Yeah, I guess so. It's so much money. <laughs> Could I go back as press? I guess we'll just go back and do the show there or something. That'd be a good way to catch up. That's true. All right. So what he's done is he's taken a few of the questions that came from the crowd at SMX West when they did their presentation. Um, and he's just sort of put them down as questions and answered them on the top on the article. So I thought it'd be worthwhile going through a couple. So question one. We all get that Google My Business is, is important in local search. What about Bing, Apple Maps, or even Waze, et cetera? His answer essentially, uh, again, Cole's Notes version here, is that he feels Google should be considered somewhat less dominant in local than in general search, given a variety of factors. Um, one, that Apple Maps is really the primary app on millions of iPhones. So Apple is in a position to, to win that. Certainly, um, you would want to ensure that you have uh, an excellent listing within Apple Maps, but they also don't give you a lot of options within that, as I understand it. Uh, you can't do much besides claiming your listing. So you know there's some limitations there, whereas Google gives you a ton of different options from special hours, descriptions, booking, posts, questions and answers, reviews, review response, it's a long, long list. That's only not even, no, maybe half. That's maybe half of the list right there. Um, Waze, Yelp. Um, obviously, there's the, the fact that some people use those uh, preference over Google. So that is certainly some benefit. But Google does pay attention to these. So they will consider them. If you are in them, they use that information to... Uh, uh, determine your popularity to some degree. Uh, and I think there's a quote here somewhere. I must be on one of the other questions about that. 
Yes, it is. It's number three. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second, a little more on that. Uh, question two, how seriously does Google take edit suggestions or spam notifications? Now, I took a great interest in this because as a, a, a well, I, I more than my toe dipped in local SEO, it's, it's a lot of work and it's frustrating as hell to see suggestions on a Google My Business page almost immediately implemented um, without consulting the business owner. Um, I know I've ranted about it before, but it's just ridiculous. I can't even fathom. It's like the, someone recommending a change of name on the front of your business down like, and just having it happen. No, <laughs> you can't do that. It's going to well, have an impact. Doesn't some of that tie to who actually makes the suggestion? Yes. Um, some of those more powerful local guides, they, 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 sh there, there's like a gaming system. They earn points for things that they, the edits they make and suggestions they make and the more they do it the more points they get the higher up they get um, some of them I believe are just going in and answering questions without even knowing the answers just so they can gain those points yeah or doing what I was saying before um, adding uh, really strange categories or, or sorry tags to your listing like for for um, as for under the amenities or things like that for step forth they put in not a female run business. I don't think there should be knots added, <laughs> you know, not a bird. I mean, at what point, <laughs> give me a break. Um, uh, anyway. Well, there's certain things that are important to people and, and to some people, not everybody. And some of those guides are going to have some opinions on what's important and what's not. That might be different from your opinion of what's important and what's not. And fair as enough. A, I just a, think that, there's, there should be a certain requirement for lack of words here, not quality, but topic, topical limits, you know, it just, anyway, there's a lot of things I've seen. It does not have pool. Uh, you don't have a pool at step. We don't. I've seen, um, hotels does not have spa. I'm not even sure okay, fair enough. I guess that makes sense, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it's it, it should say does have, does have, does have. The knots can go on forever. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. Uh, anyway. Well, yeah, I, I kind of, I don't think there should be a very specific, you can only have positives or, or you can't have any negatives because there are times, you know, if, if it's only dozens, if I'm looking for a hotel and I want to make sure there's a hot tub, you know, 
we can, I can look for ones that do have hot tubs, but if I'm at a place that I'm thinking about and it doesn't say it has one, that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't have one because I don't know. But if it does say this does not have a hot tub, now I know for sure. So there are reasons why I think there's, there's room for both. Hmm. Fair enough. I guess I just look to see whether or not they say they have one because they, <laughs> if they don't, they don't. <laughs> You have a place in mind and you're looking at a profile because you, you have a place in mind. You're not mm -hmm. searching based on just a hot tub. You say, oh, wait, does this place have a hot tub? Yes or no is the appropriate response. Not mm -hmm. just, yes, it does. And then if it doesn't, you just have to guess. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, okay. So does Google, uh, how seriously do they take um, editing suggestions and spam notifications um, they definitely use it. Um, so uh, as we just said, the Google does pretty quickly um, allow suggestions to take hold. They do their quote unquote best, I guess, to um, uh, crowdsource confirmation from their local guides and other power users uh, just to confirm things. But I don't know the way the way some of the ones I've seen have taken place, like changes to phone numbers, which are totally inaccurate, mm -hmm. to changes in addresses, totally inaccurate. It just looks like garbage. So um, I wonder if if Google tracks. So let's say a one of those local guys goes in and changes a phone number, and then the business comes back and say that's not my phone number and changes it back, and then sends it to another local guide who says yeah that's the right phone number. Do they do they track those local guides that are making incorrect modifications? I don't know. I would hope so. I would hope so too. If there's enough of the, I would think what it is, it's kind of a score. If there's enough of their um, requests that have been, you know, uh, canceled or uh, were noted to be wrong, then that should lower their confidence and yeah. authority. Um, but, you know, there's a reason that Joey Hawkins and uh, several others have created a stop crap on the map hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, namely on Twitter. So uh, I was just actually looked at one of theirs this morning or yesterday. I can't remember, but, and it was where she was saying that um, out of 20 results in maps, only two were truly businesses that were active. Wow. They were actually in the locations they said they were. And that's awful. Uh, and so, and, and it's, and it's most frustrating for businesses that, you know, are struggling and they're trying to be white hat, but all of these people are winning by doing all this negative stuff, all this black hat tech technique, and they're not getting pummeled for it. They should be, Google should be slamming them, but they don't. Yeah. Um, and now I love, I love this one line from uh, the writer here. It says, I think on the whole, Google takes spam seriously enough to ensure their product is generally usable. <laughs> Quote. Generally usable. <laughs> I like that. Because it is generally usable, but it's far from good. Yeah. But there's there's definitely unique situations in local that it would be if 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 we were Google, it would be really hard to figure out how to deal with. Food trucks, for example, is a tough one to deal with, right? It's a mobile business. A lot of times they park in the same spot all the time, so you always know where they are, but they don't have an address there. Right. And food trucks, there's actually a specific setup for them. Um, they are allowed to say they are in one location. 
but there um, are also other businesses that are mobile like that i had one um it was a it was a uh, surf school in waikiki they were based out of a vehicle they the, there was a um a restaurant that allowed them to use a spot in the parking lot they were there every day they were a really big surf school in waikiki but they ran it out of a truck and it was just almost impossible to get these guys a decent google my business listing mm, yeah well and especially not long ago their service area businesses were plain awful their system for it oh yeah that's gotten a lot better it has. Yeah. I've, I've honestly, I've got to read up on it again to see how much has changed. Cause I know a lot has, and I'm convinced that, uh, the they're finally change. on the right track. I think it's yeah. going to be a long way until they get it done. Right. But the, the biggest change, um, if you're not aware for any of you out there are not aware for service area businesses, you're no longer allowed to use a radius around an area. So yeah, it's to, postal codes or zips. Yeah. It's postal codes or city names you can use now. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that still, they set up a service area business and say, well, I service an area 50 mile radius around my address, right? That isn't even an option anymore. So if that's how you had it set up. Now you have to go back in and say, nope, I service this zip code or this city or these cities and zip codes. Um, Cause it's, I don't think they grandfathered anybody in with the, the radius. I think they just removed it. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, question three on the topic of reviews, what about Trustpilot? Are these reviews as important as Google reviews when it comes to rankings? Uh, so the, I actually like this question because I huh, ironically ran into this my other day, uh, the other day with a client um, talking about Trustpilot. Now, tell, tell everybody what Trustpilot is. Um, it's just another one of these review aggregation businesses where essentially you can review a business and um, they calculate that as a sort of a score for how good a business you are. It's like a Yelp. It's just focused on, on reviews. As far as I know, I haven't used it a lot, but that's what I understand. Okay. Do you agree? Yep. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, now they do matter uh, because Google's looking closely at them, especially when uh, they're trying to do, find other sources outside of its own reviews. And uh, another element here from this write-up, uh, he mentions that Mike Blumenthal again in a recent post examined a patent Google filed last year that explains how the company mines reviews from multiple sources to find popular keywords. These keywords then create additional opportunities for the business to appear in local searches. That's a quote there. So this, you know, it's not just the fact that they're looking for reviews, but they're actually looking for uses of keywords that perhaps these businesses should show up under that aren't within Google's own review system. Uh, so, you know, having exposure there is definitely worthwhile. Uh, Google, Yelp, Trustpilot, uh, Glassdoor, uh, there's a number of different places that have some potential influence over Google. Uh, it's just, there's no certain way of knowing how much. I tell you, the, the, the ones that I've actually seen where they show third-party reviews on your, your local knowledge panel, the ones I see the most um, outside of Google are Yelp, of course, and Facebook. Facebook mm. reviews are a big one too. I've seen yeah. those more than pretty much anything. Well, that's good because that brings up this uh, next bit. But before we get to it, we're going to take a quick break. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of mount everest it doesn't have to be TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, so uh, let me get back to this page. Oh, darn it. <laughs> I love it when you have too many pages open. Okay, so the next question is, for a national brand that has both a website and shops, do you think it is relevant to create local Facebook pages? Is there a risk of negative impact on the official page? Less fans? Less engagement? Which strategy to choose? Now, this is a brand-related search or a brand-related uh, question. So it's not going to hit many people that are listening, but I think it was interesting because it shows um, that there is a, a way to leverage something that's already in Facebook. So I'll, I think you answered this well, so I'm going to just read it here. Consider that Facebook may already have created so-called community pages for your local stores, regardless of whether you are actively managing them and that these pages may already have accumulated user engagement in the form of likes, views, posts, and recommendations. What well, used to be called reviews. Wouldn't you be better off managing them actively? Unquote. So what he's saying here is you don't necessarily need to create these, and you certainly don't need to have only one page for a, corp, for a larger brand. Um, in many cases, these community pages are already there and already have some activity. 
you just need to, I would guess, claim them. Um, and, and if they're not already claimed under your brand and use those instead of creating new ones. I have two things to say about this. One, um, it's not just for national brands. If you have more than one location, if you're a, mm-hmm. if you're, oh, not necessarily just national for sure. Yeah, if you're if you're a business that has two locations in your city, you need to be managing both of those as local businesses, right? So, you know, a Facebook page for each one gives you an opportunity to control the citations, to control the NAP, everything that's coming from Facebook, gives you an opportunity to engage specific customers, especially if they are leaving recommendations or reviews for that individual store. Um, it make it doesn't make any sense to me anymore to to say, well, here's our brand site. And all of our locations are going to focus on that. Um, it just there's there's too much to gain from an from a search perspective. Uh, if you have 300 locations and you can't figure out how to manage 300 locations, that's a different story. But if you only have two or three, there's so much to gain from a search perspective that you manage each of those separately. That it's it's a no brainer in my book. Yeah, and and I know many, I know because I hear this all the time. Many small businesses just say, oh another Facebook page? Really? (laughs) And I can't blame them. Um, There's just yet more work, right? But it depends on what you're selling. Depends on your market. Depends how busy you are. Um, If you need that marketing presence or you just simply want to cover all the bases, that's something to do. Um, Google or Facebook does offer, as he notes here, a convenient parent, parent child setup that allows you to manage your corporate page and all of your child store pages using one login and one dashboard. So if you have a couple and you still want to have one corporate based Facebook page, you can. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it save vesting and it's only available in our new app stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. Um, and you can manage store pages the same way with e-commerce the whole bit. Part of the question you read was he was specifically asking about will it if you have multiple pages for different stores does it create less fans and less engagement? For each store? Yes you're going to have less fans and you're going to have less engagement mm-hmm. because it's very specific to that store. It's much, it's much more relevant audience. It's a much more relevant um, fan base or engagement than if you just had one big page and a bunch of people were posting in general. Right. So yeah, it's going to be a little less, maybe a lot less depending on how many stores you have, but it's going to be much, much more targeted. Yeah. Which is a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to see numbers if half those numbers, like in terms of followers, are people who are totally irrelevant. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's the SMX overtime. Uh, next up, our Mueller files are something completely annoying to start with. <laughs> yeah. So I, I posted this on my Facebook page today, and, and it's one of those things that sneak up on you occasionally in the SEO space. Every once in a while, there's something that just pops up. And you're like, really? That happened? And this one's tied to Rel equals next prev. And we've talked about this on a, you know, a number of times on the show over the years where if you have paginated content, Google recommended years ago to use something called Rel equals next or previous, next and previous, which is 
coding that says, okay, here's a group of five pages that are all related or the same story that were paginated. Right, so you could you hit page one, you read the first part, page two, page three, all the way to five. You use Relicals Next Prev to tell the search engines this is a single object. It's a single, it's a single story, all on really on the same topic. So that so Google, in theory, would not you know rank page four of that story instead of page one, right? Um, and so people would start at the beginning. Um, it, 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 the Relicals Next Prev consolidated any inbound you know, authority that was being built to that article. If someone built a link to the page, page three, that, that, that authority would actually, you know, be part of that overall object, not just page three. And it was, it worked well. Well, we found out this week, um, Mr. Mueller was, I don't remember exactly how it came up, um, but basically he gave us the quote saying that we haven't used that for years <laughs> as an indexing factor. It's like, really you haven't used it for years you told us to use this years ago and now you're oh yeah we forgot to tell you to stop using it <laughs> i'm fairly certain we talked about this just recently them talking about it saying raw prev next yeah like uh, this is infuriating to me I, I hate when they just pull this bs i mean it's not fun to implement <laughs> part of me is looking at the way john described it he says it's it's not an a, a what do you say ranking factor? I want to look it up to make sure. But there was part of his his thing says that made me think that maybe they still use it and you know somehow, but not necessarily as a indexing signals what they called it. But that's what I first thought. Then they removed all the help documents tied to it out of off their help system. I'm like, well, that doesn't that that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they even said this information in this post is outdated. Braille Prevnext is not an indexing signal anymore. Yeah. November, September 15, 2011. There's no way that's been there the whole time, though. No, um, no, that's when the original article had to be posted. Yeah. Like John Muse says here, we noticed that we weren't using Braille Next or Preven indexing for a number of years now. So we thought as well, we might as well remove the docs. So I'm guessing it's like, it's, it's like a prank. It's like April Fool's Day or yeah. something. So I'm guessing it's September 15, 2011, when this original help page was published. Yeah. And they were telling us, hey, use NextPrev, right? Mm. So if you're out there, so so there's we don't know yet what Google's gonna recommend to use instead of it. My 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 guess and a lot of people I've been talking with say is probably they're gonna rely on rel equals canonical and tell you how to do that. So all five of those pages in that paginated stuff will rel equals canonical to the first page. That yeah. well and, and the roundabout response then um, is from John here. Since it hasn't been used for a while, it seems like most sites are doing pagination in reasonable ways that work regardless of these links. People make good sites for a large part. Smiley face. Yeah. John, you're making me grumpy here. Yeah, I, I think the last time we talked about it, people were, were doing sending mixed signals because they were using rel equals next prev and rel equals canonical, right? But they would rel equals canonical to the, to the first page, page. or no, the, the, the same page. So well, which is good. Not if you're doing pagination, right? Well, Google was saying they were smart enough to understand the two. Yeah, but if you're doing pagination, you don't want page three to really canonical to page three. Because then all four, all four or five pages can get indexed for different things. You want people to show up in that article or in whatever that is that's paginated at the first page. So, so page mm. three should be relic, relic was canonical to page one. 
Okay, but I disagree because, and again, we just covered this. This is so weird that this is coming up and that they aren't using it. But anyway, because there were two ways that they used it. If you were doing a search and you found content or you wanted content that was specific to a page within the next RelPrev series, it would take you to that page. It didn't matter if RelPrev or RelNext was there. Um, If it was something topical, um, then they would take you to the beginning like something that was more general. If, if, if you wrote a really in-depth article on why Step Forth doesn't have a pool. Right? <laughs> yes. And it was five pages long. Right? <laughs> and, and there's no reason that's, that you would want somebody to come to the middle of your article. You want them to read from the beginning to the end, right? So, Unless they were wondering about what tiling we used. And one part of it was, you don't use any tiling because you don't have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> what type? <laughs> what tiling we would have used? <laughs> oh, okay. oh god! I, I guess there's arguments for both sides. But I guess the point is, it's going to be really interesting to see what Google does recommend to do for paginated content. And if they come back, I don't and say, think they will recommend anything. I think they're just saying that they understand it now, and they don't need. No one needs to do anything. Okay. Well, That's the impression I'm getting from this, but already they they've been screwing with us. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, what's next? Uh, where are we at next? Um, I don't. Just you do, put this uh, one in. I'm maybe not even just sure a couple more here because we're gonna have to tie things up. Yeah, you put that next one in. I'm not sure what it is. I thought that was you. Okay. No. Uh, okay, so let's, let's just go. go to the links one then. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Google. Uh, good old John Mueller discusses links that Google ignores. I thought this was pretty cool. Um, it, it, it's a, And I, I really, really, really want this to be like plastered across the front pages of everyone in third world countries that do link building. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please. Uh, God. Um, anyways, the root of this is that Google, there are people were asking, you know, what do they do about links from forums, links from um, signatures. Uh, Essentially what they're saying here is Google treats this as user generated content links. These are links that Google can tell quickly that these are not worth paying attention to. They will use them to spider, you know, they'll take them and go through, but they are not being counted in your link budget. And there are, I don't know how many companies that are paying these third world p- people that are trying to make a living and I give them that, but they're getting paid to just go and automatically comment on pages. That's why we get, if you have any kind of blog with any kind of comment option, you're getting spammed constantly. And that's people thinking that by commenting, they can get links back to their website. Yep. And we've known that for years. It's just like Yeah. Um, Cyrus Shepard actually uh, is brought up here. He asked, what is the most difficult part of SEO? And the main thing that came out was our outreach PR. So links, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most difficult. And that is not uh, even a question. And, and, and I think part of, the, part of the issue outside of Google's reaction to these different types of links is the industry's 
model behind um, how people gain links and the costs behind them right so to get some of these comment links to get some of these kind of things done that have no impact that pe but people don't know, realize they have no impact is relatively cheap right you can get you know you can get links built you know to, to hire somebody in india or somewhere to say you know go comment about stuff and this is very very gray hats um which is why people get hit with these updates core updates but it's relatively cheap to, to get someone to do 100 comments for you across the web i mean but it's really expensive to get good quality links that are inside of content, um, you know, that are going to count for something. And when you tell a client that, hey, I got a really good link I can get you for here, but it's going to be 400 bucks because we're going to do watch this and this and this, you know, that we got to do back and forth to talk to this author or we got to write content and get it published, all this stuff. And it's expensive to get good quality links. And, and you hear that you hear these guys come back and say, well, I can get 30 links for 200 bucks at this place. Like, yeah, but they don't understand the difference. And it, and it really puts a, it, it, it causes a problem in trying to provide good quality service for people that could really use it because they don't understand the value because there's this low quality, cheap stuff that doesn't work, but they don't understand that. Even though yeah. you try to explain it to them, they think you're just trying to sell them your more expensive stuff. Yeah very frustrating anyway um really what you want to do is attract links link attraction think of that as your policy create content that drags them in yourself you know mm -hmm. um and and that's a surefire way to win it's just not easy and that's the way it normally is yeah. not but, but if you can work with a publication and, and get an author to publication to interview the ceo of your business and, and include a link to your business in this interview that's a great kind of link to get right Yes. Um, but that's hard. It, it takes resources. It takes communications. It, it, it's not cheap to do something like that. There we go. All right. Next up, this is one you posted. Oh, yeah. So, so I thought this was just really interesting to talk about structured data. We, we talk about it occasionally here on the show. We're talking schema, that kind of stuff. But it's really critical that you understand that and you put the right schema in the right place on your websites. And it needs to be you know, usable for the engines. And this was just a really good example that, that John brought up, um, just to kind of emphasize the point, that you have to differentiate your schema markup or your structured data markup between different types of videos versus a recorded video that you embed versus a streaming video that plays live. There's different schema for those two different things. And you have to use the right ones in the right places um, or it's going to impact how Google sees those videos on your site. So I just, I just thought it was really interesting, a good example of making sure you use the right markup, structured data markup on your sites in the right place. Because I've been, they're, they're getting picky about it, and you can easily have notifications in your search console that they think you're spamming structured data on the markup if you're not using it correctly. And it could honestly be an accident because you didn't know. Just, just look at it carefully when you're using it. Make sure you pick the right types. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook page. Uh, you can find that easily by typing in SEO 101 on Facebook, and uh, you should find it pretty quickly, the group specifically. Uh, you can also email me via ross at stepforth.com. 
Have a great week and remember to tune to, remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. And when you sign up for our Facebook book group, the answer to the question is thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.